Hey guys, welcome to Girlmates Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We always have a theme every episode, whether we do it on purpose or not. And we realize that this episode is all surrounded by addiction. So um, both of the things we watched um, deal heavily with addiction, which wasn't on purpose, just kind of happened. So we watched the Euphoria special episode um, about Rue and which Jordan and I were just discussing. We're not sure like what they're classifying it as like a movie. It's not season two. Like Zendaya was very specific about that. But it's just like an hour long episode called Trouble Don't Last Always. And very excited to discuss that. Just had to put that out there. And then we also watched the Netflix original movie, Mank, which never gets old saying Mank. <laughs> I love I love the say to say it and I loved every time a character said it. <laughs> Agreed. It made me chuckle every time. Whoa. That's what we should have done for a top three ranking the uses of Mank. <laughs> I, I actually know what my number one is. What is it? It is. It was one time when Amanda Seyfried leaned out a car door and she was just like, Mank! <laughs> was, I laughed out loud. I loved it. I loved that so much. We also could have done like our three favorite words that rhyme with Mank. <laughs> Shank is up there for me. Yeah, that's a good one. Janky. Um, Manky. I'm trying to think of what mine would be. I don't know. Rank. We need to rank the mm-hmm. rank the uh, the words that rhyme with mank. We do love ranking things a lot. We do. <laughs> so yeah, we really do. <laughs> okay, but first, wow, 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 wow. There's so much TV news that we're just like barely even going to cover the surface, as I'm sure everyone in the world, for the most part, probably saw. Disney plus I think it was like an investors meeting that happened and that's why they released so much content yeah but basically there's like a Twitter thread that's 13 years long of stuff to expect that will be coming out through Disney it was like reliving the day when they before Disney plus launched and they had did that Twitter thread of literally everything that they were going to do Mm -hmm. And it was, like, fun, but also scary and overwhelming. Well, and I just kept, I was thinking about the person who was, like, setting the this thread up to, like, post oh. it. Mm-hmm. I mean. Prayers with them. Seriously. Because they were only, repo- like, replying to that thread, which made me think it had to be done by one individual. But I don't know. I don't know how social media works. You know that better than me. Well, uh, I feel like we're probably tied. You probably know it better. I know the boring work stuff. <laughs> but um, you know how on Twitter you can do that thing where you can like add to a thread and post it like all at once? Yes. But which, is that new? I've been meaning to ask you if that was new. I'll cut I've, this out. I've seen that. I've seen that for a, a little while. I don't use it very I'm, often. I don't, I'm not really like a long thread person. Thank goodness. Yeah. I just really noticed that like a month or two ago and I was like this is truly life changing 
Right. Because then you're like, what if someone replies to one thing and screws up my thread? But I wonder in like a case like this, is there a limit to how many pre thread things can you do? Like, I just, I actually do have a lot of questions about that person who had to do that thread. Yeah, me too. I'd love to interview them. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Wow. What are some of the needles that you pulled out of the haystack? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I, I told you I have to address this because, yes, first they announced Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black is going to play <laughs> She-Hulk. And then she said, that's a lie. Never talk to me about that again. And then it is true. All It was true all along. So What a prankster. I, I'm annoyed because I totally believed her lie. But I'm happy because I love her and I want her to be in every show. But I'm also mm-hmm. annoyed because now I have to watch She-Hulk again. So <laughs> it's a, really just a roller coaster of emotions. But overall, very happy that, yes, she is going to be part of the Disney Plus family and she's going to get that Marvel money. I'm sorry, but I'm also excited for you, you know? Thank you. Yeah. And agree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one of the biggest things that I've seen the most people talking about is that Hayden Christensen is going to be returning as Darth Vader and joining Ian McGregor in in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, that is probably my number two most exciting uh, bomb drop that they did. Were we just recently talking about Hayden Christensen? Maybe not, but where has he been? I'm very excited. I know, and like I feel like for some reason he's kind of like the scapegoat of the Star Wars prequels. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think he was, like, the weak link of the prequels. And he's hot. We want him back. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know how hot he'll look in this because this is, like, um, post-suit Darth Vader, you know? Mm -hmm. But that was just, like, that was huge for even the most casual Star Wars fans. Even people who don't care about Star Wars. Like, that's big, big news. He's still iconic, and I, I'm happy because I feel like he doesn't get any respect, and I this is really cool. Okay, there were two more things that I had bookmarked from Disney+. Plus. One is I have been watching Mandalorian, and I don't want to spoil anything for Jordan because she's not caught up. But, but I do both- follow Star Wars all- Instagram and everything, so... Probably already seen that um osaka is also is getting her own series which Mm -hmm. i'm excited about because i really liked um rosario 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 i know how to say it but it was like my mouth won't say it rosario dawson um i really liked her in it so i'm excited about that and then lastly that they're going to be making a Zootopia and Moana originally animated series. So I'm interested to see how that is. I don't know if I'll watch them, but I'm like interested to see how they, what they'll look like. Yeah. It's like kind of old school, like how they used to have Little Mermaid and Aladdin TV shows. Yeah. Those were fun. Which actually reminds me that I saw that Radio Disney is is going by. I saw that too. It's really sad. I'm really sad about that. Anyway, I know that's not related to TV at all, but it, <laughs> I was just about all this stuff that Disney Plus is cranking out and sad that I wonder if that's related to Radio Disney getting the axe or not. I mean, 
I, for one, never listen to the radio anymore. I wonder if they're just like, we d- we're we not going to put money behind this or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah my family, we are major Radio Disney heads. So. Me too. I still listen to it uh, semi-frequently when I had XM radio, but only was because- it good? Yeah, like it was still like, it was still playing like pop jams that I still like listen to. That's why I would listen to it. Well, that was the thing. Like, they played current hits mm-hmm. at the time when I was listening to it. It wasn't like they were only playing Disney songs all day. It was great. I loved it. Moving on from Disney, what's something else that you have to discuss? Well, I am excited because um, Showtime is doing a TV show starring Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder mm-hmm. and the Safdie brothers are doing it and it's about a newly married couple that are they're like the life of newlyweds but also they're co-starring in an HGTV show and they're cursed so <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> happening so I think that sounds really fun yeah I agree I have I like bookmarked that in like three different locations because I was so excited about it <laughs> Which reminds me that I need to watch Nathan's new show. I haven't watched any of it. Is it How To with John John Wilson? Yes. yes. Okay. I was wondering if that was it because I have something bookmarked about that show. Just that it's been renewed for season two. But I literally have been meaning to look into what that show is and haven't ever. So I was like, this sounds like something Nathan Fielder would do. But I don't know anything about it. <laughs> um, they released some of the cast members for the Game of Thrones prequel. And our girl, Olivia Cook, very happy about that. Very, very happy. And Matt Smith. And she's from um, Ready Player One and Thoroughbreds and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, if you don't know yeah. her. Yes. Because you probably do know her. You might just not know her name. Yeah, you probably she, you probably know her. Because she rules. Yeah. Love her. Oh, sorry. I'm laughing because the, the article I booked of that, the there's a typo and they called him Math Smith. Like math <laughs> in school. Because <laughs> I was like, he's from... He's from Doctor Who in the crowd. He has like the most generic name in the universe. So I was like, maybe <laughs> people don't have the benefit of looking at the picture I'm looking at to know who he is. But I was like, oh, his, his says his name is Math Smith. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> That's really funny. So, What's it that tweeted that out? Deadline. <laughs> wow. We're just we really want to interview all of the tweeters. <laughs> They've changed it in the headline of that link. But for some reason, the preview is still showing up as math smith wow that's funny that's really funny let's see okay my very last thing i have saved is friend and crush of the pod chris messina is going to star in an hbo max show called Verbatim. i haven't heard about this i don't know what the show is i just know he's in it so that's all i care about sign me up breaking news um oh oh okay this is cool i'm (laughs) breaking uh researched (laughs) the project is based on a new york times op docs series that screened at sundance in 2014 and 2016 so it's based on actual events with all the dialogue is taken from primary sources and presented verbatim so the title makes sense that says that 
so each episode is going to be different, but he's in the pilot episode and the exact details of his character are being kept under wraps, but it follows the story of the 2019 college admissions scandal. <gasps> so that's even better than I was even knowing. <laughs> Whoa, I just got the chills. Yeah. So he could be he could be playing like uh Massimo Mr. Lori Laughlin potentially. Yeah. Or, or someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but wow i'm even i'm double excited yeah that's amazing it's been a while since i've seen him yeah so. i was i just bookmarked when i saw his face and i was like i'll read it Makes later sense. i know it's newsworthy though <laughs> um speaking of his um mindy project brother handmaid's tale they released like this little video and a Max Minghella is so hot. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and um, season four, they didn't give a release date, but they also said that they've already been renewed for season five. I oh, I kind of hate that, but whatever. I know that they are filming right now, or oh, maybe wow. they're done. But I know that they were just barely filming in Canada. Well, the season that just ended is that three or four? I think that is three wow. because this Handmaid's Post says season four returns in 2021. Oh, was it a half season? Now I'm confused. I, have I love no doing clue. research live. It's fun to just like do a live show. <laughs> we do live shows. <laughs> We're doing one right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, the last season that aired was season three. So And it was complete? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Weird. Very weird. And then the last piece of news that I have is Ariana Grande's Sweetener World Tour video video um, is going to be on Netflix on December 21st. Love to support Ariana, even though we did see that concert live. I always love to see the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And we had a really great view because we got our seats magically upgraded can't wait to brag about that when we watch it uh -huh. and discuss it <laughs> yeah yeah it only comes out next week that's wild um i feel like we already dedicated a lot of time to talking about the amazon show about 2020 did you see the preview slash did you see patty harrison's instagram yes. stories about it <laughs> yes and yes and i was like netflix doesn't stand a chance okay no i'm sorry if you have patty you're you're golden. That's all you need. She is like um so similar to John Early in that it's like why are people not putting them in everything? Everything. They Literally are... everything. Everything should have one of at least one of them. Uh-huh. And that's why Search Party is calling old. themselves a comedy. Yeah. It's I only can I only label things a comedy if it has Patty Harrison or <laughs> John Early. Other things aren't comedies. Yeah. The office, I agree. Not a comedy. Sorry, not a comedy. <laughs> Search Party is a true comedy. It has both of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, wow. Lots of news. We made it through. And now we get to talk about something so uplifting and joyful. Just kidding. Sorry that this is actually maybe a downer episode. But still worth talking about. So for our top three, since we realized that both the shows we watched talk about addiction... A, we kind of were able, we like looked at a lot of the shows we watch and realized that addiction is a very common theme among 
television shows, which is interesting in and of itself, mm-hmm. I think. It was making me think, like, which are the shows that do a good job and which ones don't? Like, it's like leaning into cliches and stuff. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I actively think about while I'm watching the shows that much. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so for our top three, we are ranking our loved TV characters who struggle with addiction. My list was really long. I have so many. I have a lot of characters that I really love that have different addictions. Me too. Good. I'm. I. It'll be interesting to see if I we have overlap. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go first. My number three. I feel like I have to choose Don Draper. I know I always say that, but I just really do because I think that Mad Men does a good job of showing like the behind the scenes as to why he is the way he is, especially with like how he was raised and um, grew up, which I think is important with addiction, something like addiction. I think it's done really well. And I always just, I see his character and always want to know what he, how he would be if he were able to kind of get the help that he needs, which I guess is kind of what the finale gives you. But I would still love to get a peek into how he's doing five years post Mad Men finale. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see that. Where where were they then? Like, so yeah. not now. <laughs> I know, it's kind of confusing. Like, I would, I was wanting to say, like, where is he now? But I'm like, oh, probably, he'd probably still be alive, I guess. Yeah, he could still, he could still be alive. Yeah. But he would be very old. Yes. John Draper is a, yeah, he's an icon of TV characters that have an addiction. So, great answer. My number three, I know that you love him, too. I put Kendall Roy because... He's on my bonus list. Okay, Great good. Answer. He, a lot of it is just to do with how much I want to give him a hug. Um, that was kind of what I was thinking too of rank, how yeah. I was ranking these. Of like who I wanted to hug. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. It's one of those things too where it's like this is something I would like to research. Where it's like, I'm glad that shows have like lovable characters often struggling struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about my all three of my answers, where it's like instead of just like completely demonizing them, um, because maybe you don't struggle with specifically a drug addiction like a character you see on TV, but like addiction is a human thing and experience. And so it hum- I think maybe that helps humanize people who do struggle with these really serious addictions you know totally and I think that um everyone knows someone who has an addiction whether they know it or not so I think that probably is why it's portrayed so much on tv is because it really is something that I think everyone has a tie to Mm -hmm. totally agree okay my number two is a more recent show Beth Harmon from Queen's Gambit love our love our queen Love our queen. And another one, I would just want to give her a hug. And also something that show does really well, even though it's so short, is still shows that her like process through kind of championing, championing, is that a word? The addiction, even though she thought she needed the pills to perform well, she figured out a way to 
perform just as well slash better without him. I think with these characters, there's not always a happy ending or like a, you're not able to fully see, like I mentioned with Don Draper, we see that he like reaches that point, but we don't really see how it's handled afterwards. So we saw a little bit more of that with Beth and Queen's Gambit. Yes, totally. My number two is I picked Dr. Cox on Scrubs and um, because he he has kind of severe alcoholism. And what I really like about the portrayal is that there's some there are some really powerful episodes of specifically about his alcoholism and how it affects his life and his job. And they hit really hard. And it's really interesting because um, Scrubs is such a goofy comedy, but they also are really effective at having like pretty emotional episodes without it seeming like uh, too random next to comedy. Like they really like kind of like weave it in really well. And so that's just a character um, portrayal of an addict who is like really powerful because it kind of sticks out that they can combine comedy with like pretty heavy hitting episodes. My number one is Jesse from Breaking Bad. My parents finished Breaking Bad a little while ago. My sister's currently almost finished with it, and my little brother just started it and is, like, powering through it. So we, like, had a family discussion (laughs) this weekend about Jesse and how much we love him. And so he's just top of mind for me right now. And I think his character is just a great example of, great character development where you just love this person so much even through their many flaws and again just want to hug him so much totally jesse like saves that show for me he's like my love for jesse overcomes all any other problems i have with any other character really totally he's amazing and where is aaron paul um i mean he has like a tequila company or something (laughs) (laughs) that's true he's on bojack horseman but that's over now. And I'm like, we everyone loves Aaron Paul. Everyone loves Jesse. We need to see more from Aaron Paul. Yeah, that's not Breaking Bad related. Yes. Like, the movie was good. The, like, one-off yeah. thing about him and... Oh, he was in um, Westworld, remember? Oh, yeah. That was this year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think it was this year. Wow. That's in... Wow. That's very wild. Love Aaron Paul. Love Jesse. He was for sure a bonus on my list. My number one, I picked Natasha Leone's character, Nikki, from Orange is the New Black. Um, She is so, it's just, is that maybe a trope, like, lovable addict? Like, <laughs> I don't know if, um, like, I'm wondering if, like, some of it is kind of, like, maybe shallow or whatever. But she is so great. She's so great on the show. I would rank her for sure in, like, the top three most lovable, amazing characters on that show. And she's really funny, but it's like the more lovable they are, the more tragic their addiction story is, you know? Yeah. Um, but she is just so good. I mean, if you've ever seen, if you watched anything with Natasha Leone, you know how she's like basically balances that line of like, you're worried about her, but you also are obsessed with her and like uh, have faith in her too. And like, wow, she's just so great. And I haven't thought about that show in a little bit. And um, I was like, wow, I love her character so much. She's amazing. Yeah, I still need to watch that. The list is never ending. It's it's really never ending. Yeah, it's, it's hard. hard. But 
yeah, that would be a good one to like filter in with your other watching if you're ever in the mood. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I I mean, this is kind of a segue into the actual things we watched because really, I just didn't want to bring her up because it's literally what we're talking about. But Rue from Euphoria really is the like such a great depiction of addiction. And whoa, that like rhymed. That was actually pretty cool. That was beautiful. But um, she is just amazing. I feel like she's one of the most like layered performance of someone dealing with an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they show her in really low points and high points and like she's heartbreaking. I feel like I feel like even in this list of the of addicts and like even my bonuses, I feel like she's maybe the most com- one of the most complex. Yeah. Well, she's also so young, which I think adds a lot to it. Totally. It well. Yes. Because like going through high school is already trouble. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so um dealing with an addiction on top of that and like the home life that she has and yeah it's just a lot a lot a lot well then should we just jump right into euphoria i would love to how did you feel about it um loved it it was so good and i mean if anyone i have not heard anyone be on the fence about zendaya winning the emmy but if anyone was watch this and you'll be like oh give her next year's emmy too yeah. It was it was really like watching a play and the camera would just like be on her for such a long cut and it was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was like the best hour of television I've watched in months. <laughs> Which like I didn't think I was watching that bad of television, but then I watched that and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so beautiful and like the dialogue between her and Ali was just like, I was amazed at how they were able to talk about so many things and like touch on so many subjects that are really relatable to present day and not just about, not just to addiction. They were able to do it in such a beautiful and like poignant way that like, I was just like, it felt like I had been run over by a semi truck. (laughs) Yeah. So, it was very emotional. It really felt like two actual people that someone was like spying on rather than like filming two actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. And also it's like Euphoria, like the normal season of Euphoria, part of why it's so good, like the acting is all great, but it's also so like really awesome stylized and stuff. And this was just like stripped down to only acting. Mm-hmm. And it really held up. Like, you can't really accuse Euphoria of only being about the style. No. Even though this whole hour-long episode only took place in one place, for the most part. The beginning is a little different. But it still was so beautiful. And the way that it was filmed was, like, still really, like, entertaining. Even though, it, like, normally it would have been, like, I would have thought, like, okay, that's a little boring to, like, watch this dialogue between these two individuals around, like, one dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had that same thought. I was like, wow, I can't believe this is over. And it's really been, like, essentially one scene. mm -hmm. And it's really held my attention. Yeah. And, like, even the parts where uh, 
Rue isn't talking and Ali is just talking to Rue. Like, if the camera was on Rue's face, just, like, her facial expressions alone, give her every award. Like, seriously. So good. I feel like, you know what, I don't think I've seen, like, such a performance, like, an intimate performance like that since Jarell Jerobe did when they see us. Yeah. That's Personally. Especially when I'm thinking of, like, I mean, it helps that they're both these, like, young and upcoming actors where you're kind of like, well, I can't believe how young they are and they're this good. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like, where it's some things, it's like you're saying, it's just you feel like you've really been run over. Yeah. I've seen a lot of reviews coming in about how it's, like, the best um, Christmas episode of television to ever exist. And also that this episode alone is better than the entire series. (laughs) so i'm just glad that everyone is like recognizing how good it really is yeah it was and it just made me really excited for jules episode yeah me too they really just feel like real people yeah they really do glad we both loved it i mean how could you not but you never know Mm -hmm. okay moving on to Netflix's Netflix's the original movie by Netflix um Mank <laughs> do you want to give a brief synopsis yes and I actually practiced I w- I knew that this I would be needing to do that <laughs> and I was like this is kind of complicated so I I have one ready great so it's about the it's set in the 30s and 40s in like old time Hollywood and it's about the screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz who the movie starts in the in 1940 and he's working on the script for Citizen Kane and the movie also then it's like alternates between flashbacks a few years before that showing the backstory of the script which was Mankiewicz aka Mank <laughs> who was <laughs> who was like he and um he obviously he's the the person in the movie that's dealing with the addiction that's that we've been talking about so much I feel like that I should say that but he it's the backstory of the Citizen Kane script is that he's like super pissed off that Hollywood bigwigs are swaying an election with like propaganda films and so then so he takes kind of that anger and funnels it into Citizen Kane script which is like basically based on people in his actual life beautiful i think you did a great job i feel like i even learned something new and i watched (laughs) the movie wow thanks (laughs) you're welcome jordan and i briefly talked about this already so i and i feel like i'm bad at acting and being like jordan how did you feel about this film (laughs) because i already we already discussed that i did not love this but jordan did so why did you love it um, I loved it because I I really do love behind the scenes things of old Hollywood stuff. Um, and I I went in having um a couple years ago I binged that podcast. You must remember this, which I highly recommend. Um, and they go through a lot of, like Louis B. Mayer, who's a big important character in this, who's like uh, the studio head of MGM. 
And so, and they don't set up really any of that information. But I think like kind of the like dark side of old Hollywood behind the scenes stuff. I like just kind of love that already. You know what? That's true. And I had forgotten about that about you. So that, yeah, I, I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. And so for me, it was kind of like seeing a lot of those um, stories from Hollywood history acted out. And so I feel like I was, I didn't really have a strong opinion going into the movie, especially because something about me is that I don't always love David Fincher movies. Like people love social network. I don't really love social network. And so I think that like, I, um, this is probably one of my favorite Fincher movies now. Um, and I also thought that the acting was really, really good. Like, um, one thing we did talk about, and I know that not to like, like preemptively talk over you, <laughs> but like Lily, Lily Collins and Amanda Seyfried really were so great. And yeah, they they were like uh, the glue that kept me interested. Yeah, I loved their characters, and I mean, even like it, I feel like it's also a thing of like expectations because I was like, David Fincher not immediately a draw for me, like inherently of a movie or show, and Gary Oldman also. I'm like. I respect him, I guess, but I don't really like care about him at all. And so it's like kind of because of the subject matter, I was like, wow, I'm like so invested in this and this is like really fun. So, um, but they also didn't really give you any context. I don't think about like, like Hollywood back then in general. So I can totally see why it would be like not your fave. Yeah. For me, it was just a, I didn't know. I should have, like, researched a little bit more beforehand. Um, I've never seen Citizen Kane. Don't know anything about it. Um, I found myself having to, like, research a lot during the movie. And even then, I felt bored by my research. (laughs) And um, (laughs) a lot of the movie is very, it's very dialogue heavy. And it's also really, um, it jumps around um, time frames a lot. So... Um, I don't think it helps that I wasn't really in the mood to pay attention to something. Um, like I started watching it while I was wrapping presents and I was like, oh, this isn't going to work, is it? Mm. So then I saved it and I watched it in like three chunks. Yeah. I just like, I just don't think that I had that interest in it. Um, but I didn't hate it, especially towards the end. I liked the ending and found myself a little bit more invested then but I think had I known prior about the storyline and what it was about and that it was like all going to be in black and white and pay attention to the timestamps when they give you that give them to you um things like that I probably would have liked it a little bit more but yeah it just wasn't totally my jam for this time of my life (laughs) (laughs) and I totally get that and I do feel like It took me probably like five to ten minutes, which in a movie is kind of like a long chunk of time Mm -hmm. to kind of get my bearings on like what was going on. Like because I don't I'm not really familiar with Mankiewicz. Like I didn't know that he wrote the screenplay for The Wizard of Oz. Like uh, they mention that in the movie. They only talk about that as he they show a flashback where he's like, this movie is going to bomb or something. (laughs) And. I didn't know that until I was looking up some things to be like, was this really true? Like, did this really happen? You know? Yeah. That he really did. And so he was like, I think it's, um, 
he is like kind of a like unsung hero he was you know people in the business back then knew who he was but like he like he's not he's maybe now a household name with this movie coming out i guess but i never really heard of him specifically before yeah which is interesting maybe do a little bit of research or if you've seen citizen kane you'll probably be golden yeah i mean i've never seen citizen kane myself and i was kind of like is that embarrassing? <laughs> I don't, I legit don't know. I feel like I know the gist. I, I feel like I know I have maybe more of a working knowledge now, sort of. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I was like, as a film lover, is it embarrassing to admit that I haven't seen this movie from like what I'm reading? It's like, you need to have seen this movie basically. <laughs> So now, but I, I can say I've seen the ma- the behind the scenes making of portrayal of that movie. Yeah, exactly. One final thing I wanted to add was how my pure joy when I saw someone in the movie who looked like Bill Nye, looked it up, <laughs> and it was Bill Nye. That was so cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, is Bill Nye trying to get more into acting? I have no clue. I mean, or was it just like by happenstance? They're like, "Oh, do you want to be in in this movie for a quick second? Well, and I didn't even look up if he really looks like the real person he was portraying. Uh, I guess he he doesn't look like him that much to me. Because I was like, that would be funny if they found they're like, you know, who's a doppelganger of Upton Sinclair, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, actually, <laughs> some pictures he does look like him. Well, then, good casting. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, I mean, he's literally only in it kind of, you see him kind of from, like, the side. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I I knew the voice, I guess. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite science teachers. But it is funny to look at his IMDb because it's, like, really everything is Bill Nye or the science guy or science teacher. (laughs) So, like, this is a big step for him. And maybe we'll be seeing him more. I would love that. I'm a Nye head. (laughs) (laughs) So is Bill Nye going to be your crush of the week or what? No, I have a different one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who is it? Okay, my crush, I have to go with um, Coleman Domingo, who plays Ali in Euphoria. Great answer. Um, He was amazing. And um, don't you just feel like you could trust him and he could be like just such a great influence on your life? Yes, really, though. Even though he doesn't shy away from his own struggles, like, wow, I just loved him. And Which, I again, I loved, I loved, well, I guess we didn't even really talk about this, but, like, I think there are times where we, like, see people and we're like, they are perfect, they know everything, like, how are they so all-knowing? And, like, we get a little preview into his life to see that, like, his life is not perfect. He's all, he is only saying these things because he's learned them from his own life and is still learning these things and i just think it's really beautiful agree yeah he was great mm-hmm. yeah he was he was great so yeah you earned it buddy <laughs> <laughs> lucky you <laughs> my crush of the week is the one and only timothy chalamet i've been watching snl live recently something in me started liking it again and 
this last week's episode with Timmy was actually so good. And I feel like it hasn't been that good for a really long time. But it was like almost every sketch was making me laugh. And I also thought that Timmy would be like um, just kind of lose character a lot and just like laugh. But it just goes to show how great of an actor he is because he really holds himself up, like holds himself so well and is doing these like insane things and totally keeping his cool and like the only time it seemed like he was nervous was when he was being himself in like the uh, monologue and the closing scene and everything was just funny and cute and he can't be hyped enough I I honestly believe that I know that everyone loves him but there's a reason he's just he can't help but stand out he's so talented and um yeah, I'm very, even though it's like, I love the cast of SNL, like almost everyone I love, but I'm very skeptical of actually watching SNL. So that is a very, that I'm I'm happy to hear a rave review. Yeah, you should, I would definitely recommend watching his episode. Cause like I, I even watched Jason Bateman's episode last week and didn't like it. Love Jason Bateman, didn't like anything from his episode. Mm. So I'm not like a, I don't think I'm like an SNL junkie where I'm like, everything is funny. Cause I really don't think it's been that good for a while, but it was good. Wow. That's very happy. The one sketch I did see, well, I watched two sketches. I watched the Dionne Warwick talk show. That was funny. I mean, is there anything better than Timothy Chalamet dressing up as Harry Styles? <laughs> no. I was just going to say, I was like, no wonder he's your crush this week. <laughs> it's like a fantasy of yours. Yeah. <laughs> Them dressing up as each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, would they? what would they have? To, what would Harry wear as Timmy? Like, wouldn't they kind of dress sort of similarly? Probably. I feel like Timmy, I, th- I feel like they do have similar style, especially like when they're just like, on their own time and like walking mm-hmm. around civilian like, wear yeah kind of just like hoodies and like sweatpants or sweatshorts <laughs> i don't know yeah love it there you have it thank you for listening and we hope that you will watch the special euphoria episode let us know if you loved it as much as us and if you watch mank let us know whose side you're on are you Team Taylor or Team Jordan on this? Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.